Chicago, Illinois, Startup Hype Man presents the Goat to Market Show. What's up, everyone? I am your host, Raj Nation, the founder and chief pitch artist of Startup Hype Man. This podcast is where we bring you founders, company leaders, and creatives who are building it, who are doing it, who have been there and done that. And they pull back the curtain on their go-to-market strategies so that you can build a venture that you love and become the GOAT of your industry. Want first listen on episodes before anyone else? Subscribe to our newsletter at StartupHypeMan.com. You will get alerts every Sunday morning when we release new episodes. All right, let's hear how today's guest is becoming the GOAT. Ladies and gentlemen, making his way to the microphone. From Dublin, Ireland, he is the founder of Startup Network Europe. Please welcome Adam Fong. <laughs> Hi, Raj. How are you? Good to see you. <laughs> As he raises his arms in celebration, entering the arena, Adam Fulham is our guest today on, and he's he's our he's the, our season premiere guest as we relaunch the podcast, the first official episode of what is now called the Goat to Market Show. Adam joins us today on the GTM show, as I mentioned, as the founder of Startup Network Europe. What is Startup Network Europe? Well, since April of 2021, their conferences have gathered tens of thousands of European startup founders, angel investors, and VCs. And they also build startup communities across the entire European continent. In just two years' time, less than two years' time as of this recording, they have held 60-plus events. Their subscriber base has eclipsed 50,000. They have been a massive vehicle in the growth of the startup economy throughout Europe over the last two years. And I got to imagine, above all else, with 60-plus events, Adam has got to be tired but adam welcome to the show yeah how are you i'm doing well i'm doing well but i want to know yes. with all of these events that have been going on in across probably four different time zones overall when do you sleep oh at night time normally i yeah the, the craziest experience i had was uh 10 days uh, 10 events in 17 days that was tough. That took me one week to recover from. That was in about six different countries. Ah, wow. All right. So is, you know, that involves a lot of travel. Is travel something that was has always been part of your life? Or did you just start traveling because you started this company? I think I started the company because I wanted to travel, to be honest. Sometimes <laughs> I'm, I'm abroad, I'm enjoying myself, and I'm thinking, hmm, am I really doing this uh, to make money? Um, yeah, I, I love traveling. I mean, I, I've lived abroad in a few places, uh, Chile, United States, where you are, um, where else? Spain, Italy, uh, there's somewhere else there. I think Ireland, Greece, that's it. Um, and yeah, every time I go to these conferences, you know, you realize people are different, but they're the same everywhere. And last week we were in Zurich. We had two events there. So across these different places you've lived, you mentioned the US, Ireland, Spain, Italy, Chile, Greece. What would you say of all the places, which place has been your favorite place to live? I have to say Spain just because that was my first time living abroad and it's in my heart. I was 19, 20 years old, best time of my life. 
And across these different places that you have lived, is there one thing that surprised you about any particular culture that you still think about today? Americans are super nice, like really outgoing. I remember I'd be one time I was I dropped I I, I dropped um, no somebody dropped a, a one cent kind and uh, I I didn't know it was one cent but I picked it up anyway and he said oh my god thank you and he gave me uh, this ticket to a museum worth thirty dollars so that was lovely <laughs> and another time uh, this woman just grabbed me from behind um, and she said I'm sorry but your color is up I have to fix it so this was in Washington DC the place was full of interns lovely people I really liked it. <laughs> All right. So note to anyone else outside the U.S. listening, you come to America, you will get your collar fixed nice. in a polite way, in a polite way. <laughs> All right. Great. So um, with this big background and living abroad, I guess knowing that now, it's probably no surprise then that you would start to build communities across the entire European continent. So can you talk through like what were you doing originally that led you even to think about before you even started it officially what led you to like think about startup network europe well COVID. so COVID happened and um i i was in italy at the time so china locked down and then italy locked down one month before ireland one month before um the rest of europe the rest of the world uh it was a very strange experience back then that first month um, but I decided I had a sales job and I was having six sales meetings a week and then five and then four and then zero. And I just decided, OK, am I going to feel sorry for myself or am I going to try be proactive here? So after a few days of uh, brainstorming uh, with my manager at the time, I said, hmm, let's do webinars because um, we're having no meetings. We're doing nothing. And we did a webinar when the lockdown started happening um, for UK universities, that was successful. So that then we did uh, webinars for universities in Spain, universities in America, Australia. And my employer at the time was selling packages to universities. So it was very good branding. And um, eventually, you know, some sales came from those webinars. And one day I said, hmm, I love entrepreneurship why do the webinars for my employer when I could do webinars for myself, for my own company? So I'm going to do webinars about entrepreneurship, my passion. And that turned out pretty well. And it's become a business since then. Fantastic. Okay. So I gave a little bit of an introduction of Startup Network at the beginning of this, but perhaps you can expand on that. You know, what, like, what is Startup Network and how are you, are you building value for the European startup economy? Yeah, so right now we're primarily events. We started off with webinars, as I said. Nowadays, it's face-to-face uh, -face events almost all the time. So I think it's most business events out there, whether it's in Chicago or in Dublin, most business events are terrible. They have people who say they're experts in entrepreneurship. They aren't. Um, people who are there to sell to you, get you into uh, scams uh, sometimes. I would say nine out of 10 business events worldwide are just really bad. And I figured out two things. Number one, the speakers have to be more successful than, for example, I am. So uh, instead of me giving advice about business, I should be listening to people who have companies with 10, 20, 200 employees. So that was one thing. And also put them in panels because panels, I love them. They're just so dynamic. That was one thing. And then that 
formula turned out to be very successful. Uh, lots of speakers in a short amount of time, um, but of a certain standard. And the other thing we do now is communities. So believe it or not, we have WhatsApp groups, not Slack, but WhatsApp groups all over Europe, like Startup Network Switzerland, Startup Network Ireland. And it's just hundreds of founders helping each other out. And it's I've really seen that community is something that's missing in the European startup ecosystem. And uh, sometimes in these communities, there's just wonderful stories of somebody having a crisis averted because of the group or just getting an answer like that straight away, which would take them weeks or months of research otherwise. Well, as someone who has recently launched our own community, the Goat to Market Club, I can definitely attest yeah. to the value of having um, having peers, having mentors, having other people you can just quickly reach out to for help on things, right? For And it's amazing how giving the community can be if you just ask. And yeah, and you're using Mighty Networks, right? Correct. That's our platform, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. So I've heard very good things about it. I know a lot of lots of capabilities and so on. Well, we can we can we can dive into a conversation on sure, the, sure. the merits of that offline. <laughs> so uh, our our primary topic for today's discussion, you know, I got so excited during introduction, I forgot to ask you this right off the bat. Uh, so I'll ask it now, you know, the our, our topic today is naming your products so that customers want to buy. Can you just quickly share why this is top of mind for you and why this is important to you? Okay, so two stories. Uh, Startup Network Europe, I started it three years ago, um, actually right before COVID, but then obviously COVID stalled everything. I was one person, I didn't even know that much about startups, but I figured, will I call it Startup Network Ireland or Startup Network Europe? And I decided Europe, and it wasn't really to fake it till I made it, but it was more so if I say Europe, then it could become European. Um, so that's one thing. To, uh, try to be more ambitious with the name, the way you name things. And also the name is super clear. Oh, what does it do? It's a network for startups. Um, but the best story I have is actually from eight years ago. 2014. Oh, oh God. Yeah, 2014 is eight years ago, right? nine years yeah ago. nine years ago now I'm getting old so <laughs> I, used, I used to live in Chile um and I did this event called the Irish Dance and Music Night so we got 20 or 30 people and uh yeah the event went well we had Irish dancers a small audience and a few months later 2015 I, I said hmm we're going to do the same events but we'll call it the Irish Festival of Chile 2015 we got 300 people and they paid. And literally just because of the name, think about it, of Chile. So suddenly it was a national event, a festival. Okay, it's a festival. And um, uh, 2015, so it's an annual event. So you have these three elements all in one little name. So if you go onto my website, you'll see we have the Irish Startup Conference 2022, the European Startup Conference 2022, the Paris Product Conference 2022, so on and so forth. And just the name alone, it is crazy, but the name alone attracts people. Yeah, well, uh, compare the two names before. What was the before name for the festival and then what was the after name? The before name was Irish Dance and Music Nights, after name, the Irish Festival of Chile 2015. And you can just, even you know, as you say those two things, and I'm on the receiving end of that. One of them sounds like a casual night out. You know, it's like a theme night at a bar. Yeah. The other one sounds like 
an event I shouldn't miss, right? It sounds like it's the thing of the year for the entire country. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. The, the name, if you message people on LinkedIn and they are Irish dance enthusiasts and they're getting a message about the Irish you know, dance festival of Chile, um, yeah. yeah, they have to go. Yeah, it's it's interesting how much naming does impact like the association with something. You know, you talked about this um, concept of like with Startup Network Europe, you weren't faking it until you make it, made it, but you were like, I want, I want, I want to open up the possibility that could grow into that. There's an interesting story that I often share when I do pitch workshops. Um, more recently, I've been sharing it, and that is, it's a quote in 2004 or 2005 from Reed Hastings, the founder of Netflix. And Reed Hastings says, I'm going to butcher the quote right now, but he basically says like, early on, we started, we started investing one to 2% of all of our revenue into developing streaming technology, because we knew that's where we wanted to go. That's why the company is not, that's why the company was not called DVD by mail when we launched, it was called Netflix from day one. And that's interesting, right? Because similar to what you're saying, right? Like what they did not want to do was lock themselves into one like execution of the product by calling it DVD by mail, even though functionally that's what it was, right? That's what you'd be holding if you were holding the product. But the naming convention of things is beyond just what's the utilitarian like execution or value of it. It's more or utility value of it. It's more like what's the aspiration here that you're putting in front of your customers? What's the desire that still allows them to like kind of, you know, they can associate with it, but it invites them to become part of something. Totally agree. And as you said, it's aspirational when, you know, you have a, a bigger name and you can do different things and different geographies. It makes a huge difference. So when you created Startup Network Europe and not Startup Network Ireland, do you recall like, and this is you know, probably three years ago at this point, do you recall like what kinds of responses or initial like you know emotional reactions or facial reactions people had even when you would say that name uh, well no one in the irish startup scene knew me and i didn't know them i just figured oh i'm going to do startup events there's a lot of startups in dublin so uh i'm sure some of the the top startup people it could have raised some eyebrows for sure um but you know what I, I went ahead with it and in a way, it was actually COVID was a huge opportunity, uh, to be honest. I mean, I, I was I was one person and sometimes I'd be giving webinars to 2000 people, 3000 people connected online. And that's because we were Europe at that point. Um, we could do Germany. We could do Sweden because we're European. I hope I answered your question there anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's. Um... That that bleeds into the next thing, which is the the conference and event series, right? You're not going crazy with the names necessarily, right? It's not like I don't know, it's not like the the NFT gala, yada yada yada. Although I guess it could be if it were that category of thing. But more more than that, it's just like it's very straightforward. It's things like the startup, the Hamburg Startup Conference 2023. And I recall when you and I were originally talking about having you on the show you you had mentioned to me even then like 
you were intentional about having the word the and putting the year in there. Can you, can you just talk through the, the logic behind that? Yeah, I guess when there, most events out there, they, they're just, they have no there, but I, I think when you say there before the event name, yeah, it, it, maybe it does add a bit of grandeur. I didn't actually, didn't actually think about that. Um, and sometimes I play around with it. So for example, last year I did two conferences about AI and we, the first one was called the European AI Conference 2022. So very straightforward. But then we decided we're going to do another one. And oh, no, the problem is we've already done one. So I literally just changed the name to the European AI Summit 2022. Uh, one word, but it, it still seemed like an annual thing. And we still attracted a good amount of people. So, um, yeah, you, like it's annual, it's national and it's a conference. So I mentioned earlier a uh, festival in Chile. But nowadays it's a conference or a summit that really captures uh, people's attentions. Uh, and also, I think one thing with my events is I'm not like Web Summit where I have one major event. Uh, instead, I do a lot of uh, more focused events and I could, might do the, the London FinTech conference or the Hamburg, uh, let's see, the Hamburg Hamburger conference, who knows, yeah. um, at least for each one, it's super niche. And if you're um, a FinTech person in London and you get a message about the London FinTech conference and it's in the title of the message, that's going to catch your attention. What do you hope then, you know, when it comes to titles and naming, whether it's the company name or the product name, what are you hoping um, someone recognizes when they hear or see the name? Well, this doesn't, there's a lot of big companies out, out there where their name doesn't really mean anything. I mean, take Apple, for example, it doesn't really say anything about laptops and that, that's okay. But I think if you're starting off small, even Apple once used to be known as Apple computers, right? So yeah. It's just, it was super clear. What do Apple computers do? They do computers or something mm -hmm. around computers. It could be even computer repair, but at least it's clear enough. So I think there's not enough startups out there that just have a clear name. And sometimes in these WhatsApp groups, we actually have people doing polls, uh, surveys, and they they say, hey, um, what do you think of the this name of the company that I'm thinking of? And it's crazy. You can see 50 people vote very quickly. This is a bad idea and it, or it's a good idea. And normally the bad ideas are just these names that uh, have nothing to do with what the company does. So I'd, I'd encourage people to think more and more about that. Yeah. Um, what, you know, I've seen, I come across a lot of startups and I've seen ones where the name is clever. Uh, ones where the name is, well, clever and unclear, clever and leads you to a implication. And then almost like very like, tech sounding and in some cases that works depending on who your audience is right if your audience is like tech-minded people maybe you want to sound more techy with it uh if your audience is the everyday consumer right you maybe you you say something that's a little bit more like broad in in allowing them to associate but i i feel like the key here is and i'm just going off of like what you were saying before it's like be bold with your name but in being bold like create something that allows the person to associate with something else they might already be familiar with to help enable some type of like 
context and contrast that they can draw to that thing. So coming back to um, startup network Europe, right? The, the, the contrast there is, oh, all of Europe. Okay, I know, I know what the size and scale of Europe is. So I can make an assumption that this is going to be connecting multiple countries within Europe. Right. That's where I feel a lot of this value is coming out. Are you seeing something like that as well? And, you know, as, as you grow the community as well, are you seeing people kind of like join almost having that like innate expectation or excitement around like what the possibilities are? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, probably the best event we've done so far was actually in Dublin. So we got 500 people to the Irish startup conference and, it was the 10th event I did in 17 days. Uh, that was the one where I slept for one week afterwards. But it was really, it felt like a homecoming. And um, it was just so nice to come back to Dublin and say, hey guys, uh, you know, we've just done nine other events across Europe. And um, it was nice, like uh, Irish people were very supportive and they felt this is bigger than Ireland. This is something that's going to help the whole European ecosystem and and Ireland too. So yeah, uh, it was really, re really nice in that regard. And I think uh, everyone in Europe wants to be part of something bigger, especially in Ireland where the market alone is, it's just way too small. Now, in this conversation, what we're talking about is the idea of you know naming development naming convention which i think is probably under the larger category of product design and product development and in that respect when we think about product development i want to just talk to you the listener for a moment and ask you like what are you doing to get your product developed and who are you partnering with because if you're not a technical founder yourself and you need a partner, then you need to talk to Akeva. Akeva is the software development partner that's going to help you go from zero to one. And whether it's blockchain or no chain, web three or web two, mobile apps or SaaS, Akeva builds it at startup speed and enterprise level refinement. Startups like Stride Health, Aveno, Olive, Inside, and many, many more trust Akeva from their first dollar all the way to their billion dollar valuation. And they are ready to help you become the goat to market. And I'll tell you, anytime someone asks me for a software dev recommendation, I say, go to Akeva. Their co-founder is also a tech startup founder himself who's worked with Startup Hype Man before. So like, I, you trust me when I say like, they know exactly the founder, the startup mindset. They know exactly how to help. If you are ready to build, you can check them out at akeva.io. That's www.akeva.io. Today, we are on Startup Hype Man's Goat to Market show with Adam Fulham. Adam is the founder of Startup Network Europe. And we were talking about this concept, Adam, of this is this how you name things as part of the product design, product and development. But I also fundamentally believe, and I have to believe you do as well, how you're naming things is going to influence how you then develop marketing campaigns. So can you talk through like the tactical execution here of you start with a big picture name and then now what, how does this now trickle down into your individual marketing efforts? Okay. So how I normally make events is this. So this is where the name uh, becomes so important. Uh, I go to, let's say I go to Chicago and I do the uh, Chicago startup conference 2023. Okay. Now I set out the agenda, I make the poster, great. I get the speakers. Now, 
normally when you get speakers for events, this is how it works. You you filter, you you do your filters. So you get get a list of a hundred amazing people, and then you message all of them. And sometimes only five of them are able to speak, and that is totally fine, totally natural. You have five amazing speakers, and they will be attracted by the name, the Chicago Startup Conference. Then, when you're messaging all the thousands of startups uh, in in uh, in Chicago uh, with the name of the event, okay, it's super relevant. Now, I'll go into more details about how, how I do this because I would like to talk about LinkedIn marketing a bit if it's, please, it's not please. up. So, everything I'm going to say here, by the way, completely legal because I don't want to get in trouble with LinkedIn. <laughs> um, basically, with LinkedIn. Um, you get Sales Navigator, you get 50 credits a month. That's what most people uh, know uh, who have Sales Navigator. Actually, you get 800, and this is how you do it. So on LinkedIn, maybe 10, 20% of people, they have open profiles. And an open profile essentially means they probably have a premium profile, which means they have the gold badge next to their name in any search. And then they have an open, when you click into the profile, they have an open green button on their profile. And uh, basically, that means you can send an additional 750 messages a month to those people completely legally. So you're getting 800 credits a month in a way. Then if you have a team or you work with marketing freelancers, theoretically, you can send thousands of messages on LinkedIn uh, in a completely legal and okay way. And um, it's in my opinion, the best way to do B2B marketing in particular, B2C too, but with B2B marketing, I mean, LinkedIn, I think I would say a good message has an 80% open rate, whereas the typical email would have a 20% open rate. So I love LinkedIn, have just one message, very clear title, one link in the email, the message body works amazingly well. Okay. So you mentioned though, how like, you know, typically you're going to reach out to a lot of people and a couple of them may be free, but can you talk through like are are you using the naming convention to almost establish like a baseline credibility with these people? Are you finding that there's less convincing involved? Like what's that like what does that outreach message look like and and what's almost like the standard turnaround time you're getting on responses? I would say, um, okay, let me think of my typical message. Dear Raj, you are cordially invited to speak at the Chicago Startup Conference 2023. Um, here are examples of our previous events. So that's where I can show we mm. did this European event with Steve Wozniak. We did this um, other Chicago event with um, the Chicago Business Association and these really famous people from Chicago. And that gets attention. So the, the title is so important. It's Raj, invitation to speak at the Chicago Startup Conference. Okay, so you're going to click that. If you're into startups, you're in Chicago. And then the email has to be super clear, just one link, um, expect, saying very quickly what the event name is, what you've done in the past. And yeah, you send out 100 of them. And five of the people will say yes, because they're very, very busy. Uh, most scale-up founders, very busy people. And uh, it's very natural that only five of them can speak or want to speak. A lot of scale-up founders are busy and they may not necessarily like to speak in public and that's okay. Mm -hmm. How then, I mean, that's your message. How do you get Steve Wozniak <laughs> to agree? A, how do you find his contact info? And then B, how do you get him to agree to this? 
Um, Steve Wozniak, now that was a bit unique. So uh, a few months ago, December, um, uh, I went to Ukraine for three days, four days, uh, and we did this online event called the European Startup Conference. So I didn't actually have to go to Ukraine, but I figured, okay, it's symbolic. We want to support Ukraine. Um, so I went to Kyiv with a Ukrainian girl and uh, had a great time, actually. Like People there are lovely, great food. Um, I, I'd love to actually go back. Um, maybe this summer and do a video series. But with Mr. Wozniak, um, I found him on a website called Cameo.com. So he was oh, doing yeah. a yeah. Yeah, Cameo.com. Chicago company, actually. Cameo. Really? Oh, yeah. fair play, fair play to them. Well, Cameo.com, uh, you can pay a celebrity to do uh, uh you know, speak at an event for you, or you can pay them to uh yeah they record a video yeah giving you like a shout out yeah yeah happy birthday raj i hope you're doing well so i actually had the idea i saw him on that and i had the idea hmm will i invite him to actually speak at this conference and i did a google search and it turned out wow Steve Wozniak actually has ukrainian blood he went to ukraine a few years ago and he said um be going to ukraine was one of the four dreams of my life so that's when he really caught my attention and uh, i decided to actually contact him and he was very happy to speak and we got him on for 10 or 15 minutes and he was a great guy he was funny uh, he gave great information about product and uh, the the conference in general as well was actually very non-political we just wanted to be happy and upbeat and said sure. look Ukraine's done this in the past. The Ukrainians have founded PayPal, WhatsApp, Grammarly, a few other scale-ups. And uh, these are the startups that it has now and that it wants to grow. So I, he's the only celebrity speaker I've ever had in the sense that he's famous worldwide. Mm. But sometimes it's a good, it's very good to get one person like that because then everyone else can, can follow. Sure. So did you send your cameo request to him? Like, was your request, instead of like, can you give me a happy birthday message? Were you like, do you want to speak at my conference, basically? Exactly, yeah. And <laughs> thankfully, he he was free and he said yes to attending. Now that's a hack, man. That's 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 a growth hack right there. <laughs> yeah, he, he was... Um, and actually, I have to say, uh, it was a nonprofit conference. Um, but when I approach people nowadays to speak at my for-profit events... I, our previous speakers include Steve Wozniak. That yeah, really attention. So I'm happy I did that. Actually, of course, for, yeah, there's, there's tons of baseline. If you asked me to speak at something and you said our previous speakers were Steve Wozniak, I'm probably going to say yes to that event. Yeah, and the the bigger event companies I hear. Um, like I typically don't pay speakers because I just get local speakers who are chief product officers or chief executive officers. And they're not necessarily famous people, but they're they're chief product officers because they're competent, because they've done. Yeah, they've things. they've just focused on that domain, that that skill set. Right. Yeah. And they're actually they can be better speakers than the quote unquote famous speakers. Um, yeah. So that's one thing I like about the kind of local events that I do. Um, but I've heard a hack that a lot of event organizers do is that they'll get somebody um, like somebody from Dragon's Den. So they might uh, pay a high fee to get that speaker. Um, but then when they approach other people saying, hey, we've got this person on the panel that they're very happy to actually volunteer and just be on the panel with this idol of theirs. So uh, I might do that in the future. Let's see what happens. Sure. Sure. Well, and I'll tell you too, from experience um, with how you call things, how you, how you label, how you name things. Um, 
that, you know, we talked before about, you know, it should be something that helps the other person like associate with it in some way. Maybe, maybe it's something they aspire to, but it also has to feel good when you say it, right? If it's, if it's something that you're, if you're calling it Startup Network Europe, or in my case, if I'm calling it Startup Hype Man, I got to be damn proud to say that name. And, I, and from experience, I'll tell you, you know, most people don't know this. Uh, I guess if you go way back into the podcast archives, you'll find it's there. But this, like this company used to be called, when I started it for the first two years or first year and a half, maybe, it was called Raj Nation Innovation. And man, was that a mouthful to say. And anytime I'd say it out loud, I'd immediately like discredit it. And I'd be like, or I'd make some like, joke to make myself comfortable with having just said that as the company name. <laughs> and so the, you know, that brand name didn't go very far. And then when I changed it to startup hype, man, all of a sudden it became a name I wanted to say and wanted to put out there more than anything else. So when it was Raj Nation Innovation, I was frequently trying to just not even say the name. It's like, oh, it's just my personal business, right? I'd be like, you know, um, and then you change the name to something you like, you want to say, all of a sudden you like, you want to put it on everything possible. And that, I mean, that in and, it's, in and of itself, I think becomes this almost like emotional growth hack. Because when you're that much more motivated, because it's a name you're proud to say, like you almost like everything you do is amplified. And the thing, the number of things you realize you can do amplifies as well. Yeah, and um, hype man, it's it's very clear. Startup hype man, okay, you hype up startups. Yeah, and you're on, okay. So uh, <laughs> really, whereas yeah, I think innovation is actually perhaps a bit too broad. Um, so at least you specialize a little, but you can still do innovation events. Um, it's just nice to specialize a little with your name. Well, and I think you know you have to know who I am to begin with if it's going to be Rod yeah. Nation Innovation, <laughs> and then yeah, innovation is broad and it's innovating on what, right? And the focus is pitch development. So uh, it, it was, it was as a rapper, like I wanted the rhyme in there. Yeah. And it, you know, it was a rhyme gone wrong, I guess, is the, is the lesson at the end of the day. Now, you're not, the, you're not the only person I've met who has rebranded in the past uh, year or two. Um, there's this Irish company. I, I won't say their name, but they, they have a, a really nice name. It's a pun on uh, Irish words. Mm-hmm. Um I'm trying to, I'm trying, without saying their name, I'm trying to say, let's say gather more. Okay. And mm-hmm. um, in, in Irish, that it means gather more as well, but to an international audience, it might not necessarily make sense, of course. So I think they're rebranding little to just say, you know, maybe social media strategy.com mm-hmm. or something like this. It's just more clear to everyone. Well, the interesting thing about a rebrand is if you're still early no one's paying close enough attention that they care that you're changing your name. <laughs> you know, when I changed the startup hype man at first, I was like, it's like, Oh no, like how do I communicate this? <laughs> and the reality is 99% of the people who know startup hype man today do not never knew or did not remember that there was a Raj nation innovation originally. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about potentially changing your company name or one of your product names, depending on where you are in market or, or how much progress you've made, like there's a, there's a good shot that it's not going to matter um, that you're ch- like, it's not going to work against you. I should say 
it won't matter to people. Like they're not paying that close attention. So if you want something, if you got a better idea in mind, just go for it. Um, people will be like, oh, that's what they're called now. Okay. And then the new people who didn't know you in the first place never knew you were called something else either. Now, Adam, um, I got one more question, then we'll hit, hit our wrap up. Um, from the success of Startup Network Europe, you've now launched Product Network Europe. Can you just quickly touch on the difference between the two and is the plan here to execute the same playbook? <laughs> yeah, I think ultimately our our company will have a lot of mini brands. So obviously there's one option where you can have one big brand or lots of little ones. And we we actually did some product events, digital product events, like product managers, chief product officers under the Startup Network brand, because we have some great sponsors like Amplitude and Twilio, and they, they were getting more value from, let's say, product people in the audience, um, rather than startup founders who might not necessarily understand product all the time. So we just decided to separate the brands because so many people in product are not from startups. They're from uh, corporations and so on. And I think the same thing going forward will happen. FinTech Network Europe, Robotics Network Europe. Um, I'm just going to do new, brand new brands because when I start doing a conference, let's say about FinTech, we might have a thousand people there. A hundred of them might be startups, but a lot of people won't. So it just, um, it's good to just segment sometimes. I mean, it's always a, a, a debate. Is it better to segment or keep the one brand? Um, I think a lot of the top 10 companies in the world, they own these brands and you never had any idea. Oh my God, they own all these, these 10 brands. So mm -hmm. it's, it's uh, it's sometimes impossible to know what to do. Sure. Well, you're building out the portfolio yes. of European networks. Exactly. In, in, in anything, anything where I see a need um, and hopefully that I can monetize as well, uh, I'm going to do it. Okay. Well, when you launch the uh, European yoga network, you can fly me out <laughs> and I'll teach you. I'll come teach a class. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's hit our wrap up now. Um, first off, where can our listeners find you and learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, you can just Google Startup Network Europe. We have a contact form if anybody wants to get in touch. And um, also on LinkedIn, Adam Fulham, F-U-L-H-A-M. Feel free to add me. Uh, I've got a lot of connections and I'll try to respond to any messages. We'll now give our top one or two lessons or takeaways for the listeners based on our discussion today. Our topic today was naming your products so that customers want to buy. I'll go first and I'll toss it to you, Adam. Uh, I'm going to come back to the sort of the light bulb moment you helped spark for me early on in this conversation, which is across your company name, your product names, be bold with the name um, and associate it with something else to enable context and contrast. Adam, top one or two lessons. I'm trying to I'm trying to say something that um you haven't said so far so I'll, I'll do this um because actually we, we talked about a lot of things um so you said be bold be bold with the name so ambitious yeah yeah and I yeah so I'll do this um yeah and my my light bulb moment of today actually was at the end where we realized segmentation sometimes is better even if you lose uh, the value of your original brand, the recognition, sometimes it's better. My final question is, which is how we end every episode on this show. Fill in the blank, Adam. Entrepreneurship okay. is? 
I would say entrepreneurship is self-discipline uh, and it's self-responsibility. You have to learn. You have to try to blame yourself for all your problems. And when you do that, you'll realize 90, 95% of your problems are your fault. And that's fantastic because it means you can fix them. And it just affects you in so many good ways, which is great. Entrepreneurship is self-discipline and self-responsibility. Have not had that as a uh, response before. I really like that. He is Adam Fulham with Startup Network Europe and Product Network Europe. Adam, thank you so much for joining on the GTM show, the Goat to Market show today. Now, listeners, guess what? Do you want to dive deeper with Adam? Well, guess what? He's joining in. He's hopping into the Goat to Market Club. That's our online founder and go to market leader community. And we're going to do an Ask Me Anything with him in the whole week following this episode release. So if you want to ask Adam additional questions that came to mind as you were listening to this episode today, if you've got anything you want to know about naming group products, marketing, branding, event management, any of the things that you can obviously tell Adam knows what he's talking about in, he's doing an Ask Me Anything. If you want to ask him more about what his favorite country is, that's part of an Ask Me Anything too. So Adam's hopping into the Goat to Market Club for the next week, and he's going to here to answer your questions. If you are not yet a member of the Goat to Market Club, what are you waiting for? Go to startuphypeman.com slash GTM dash club. Startuphypeman.com slash GTM dash club. The club is free to join. So we'll see you in there. And Adam, we'll see you inside the Ask Me Anything inside of Goat to Market Club. And we'll catch you soon. That does it for this week's episode. Thank you again to our guests for joining and sharing their knowledge. Did you like what you heard? Well, leave us a rating and review on your podcast app before you head out of here. And while you're at it, who's one friend who you think would find value in hearing today's conversation? Go ahead and share the episode with them. I would really appreciate it. And I thank you for doing that. Remember, we've got more going down with our guest inside Goat to Market Club. Think of it like the after show, the after party, the after hours special. Our guest is going to hop inside the club and do an Ask Me Anything. So you can follow up with any of those questions that came to mind as you were listening. You can follow up and ask them to our guest inside our club. To join, just head to startuphypeman.com slash gtm dash club. Startuphypeman.com slash gtm dash club. GTM Club is $9 a month, but your first month is free. You can cancel anytime. And you're not only getting the AMAs, you're also getting our monthly strategy drops that are for members only, where we're teaching hyper-specific tactical go-to-market strategies, plus cool member-to-member interactions and other bonus resources. All of that happens inside the club. So again, startuphypeman.com slash GTM dash club. We'll see you inside the club and we'll see you next week. But before you head out, remember, why be a unicorn when you can be the GOAT?